that's fucking football right there. None of that pansyastic tugging smile for the camera bullshit. Men puke, men poop on the field, men deliver their newborn baby on the sidelines. We win together, we celebrate together. Football is back, baby. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Post Gambling Podcast. We have returned and we have returned victorious. This is perhaps one of the best Sundays we've had, I think, and uh, not just one of the best Sundays, but it seems like either we're more in tune or the games are getting easier to pick. But almost everything that we thought would occur seemed to have happened to one degree or another. With that being said, Big Money Justin, how are you feeling? Why is always that question? Because it is. That's how we start the show. Why don't you tell me how you're feeling first? I'm feeling great. Okay. I'm feeling great. I feel I don't know what the opposite of like stepping on a Lego is, but I feel like that. Stepping on a Lego? Yeah, the opposite. Like as as opening up a good fresh, as the huh? opening up a opening up a fresh box of Lego. No. That fresh Lego smell? No, that's not even that's not as good as stepping on it as bad. Maybe not to you. But to, what what would you say? What would you equate that with? Um That's winning like a, hitting winning a six, a leg, six leg. Yeah, of course. That's like hitting okay, hitting a first touchdown score. Yeah, okay, yeah, first. Will leg. you give me that? Yeah. All right. All right, I'll take that. I would Reverse. step I would step on a whole job at the hut Lego kit for one first time t- touchdown score. That's that's wild. That's yeah. the lifestyle, bro. That's the lifestyle. Oh my god. We've got our fan mail here. Uh today's Oh really? Yeah. Today's uh <coughs> Today's mailbag question is, uh, they have sent in a would you rather. Oh, uh, great. They have. My favorite. Yeah, I just got this through the, uh-huh. the DMs. Yep. Message us on goalpost gambling on Twitter. No O in post. Leave out the O because um, you don't need it. Leave out um, the O like the Houston Texans. Sure. Absolutely. Now, the question is, the question that our listeners have submitted is, which would you rather have for the rest of your life you have to go vegan not just vegetarian but vegan right so you got to eat the weird cheeses too like you can't even have real cheese it's got to be the like pseudo cheese it's got to be like the freudian cheese or you lose 50 percent of your capacity to taste what would you choose 50 percent. really yeah i can can do it i can do vegan that's not for me but you would it would taste like you were eating nothing like, maybe you find a vegan dish that's actually good. I thought you said 50% of smell. No, you lose 50. I mean, the two are intertwined, but you lose 50% of your taste. 50% of taste, yeah, I mean, so I can still taste 50%. Yeah, but that's not that's not a whole lot. That's like having, like, an, that's like having a little sock on your tongue. I I enjoy eating, and, sure. you know, but I wouldn't enjoy eating it anymore if it was, if I only eat vegan. So, like... I'd rather just add the stuff I want and build safe percent than eat stuff that I don't want. Yeah. It would just bother me to like I think it would hurt more to see like a blazing ribeye in your plate and eat it and it tastes like, you know, raisin bran. Okay. 50%, that would hurt my feelings a little too much. Fifty percent of taste uh-huh. and turning ribeye into raisin bran, two different things. I mean fifty percent though is quite a bit. Yeah, but, but Raisin Bran, like, there's no correlation there between your ribeye steak. That's like 95%. Well, the Super Bowl is coming up. Let me have the Hyper Bowl now. The Super Bowl is coming up? Are we, are we, we're almost there. Wait, wait, what, first what episode the is this? First the Hyper Bowl, then the Super Bowl. Am I, am I t- stuck in a time rift? What, what episode are we on? It's coming up. Okay. It's on the way. Right. We, we really, it's scary. It's scary how long we've been doing this. Like, think about it. We'll be on the second year of the goalpost gambling. Pretty pretty soon. Second year? Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. Second season, I mean. Like, think about it. Next preseason, we'll be here be one year. You know it. Yeah, but the second season we cover. Okay. The other question that we had listeners submitted, thank you guys for following us and interacting with us on Twitter, was about Justin's movie preferences. Big Money Justin already shut down the Christmas story movie on our... Uh, wonderful Thanksgiving, a very goalpost Thanksgiving episode. What is Big Money Justin's favorite movie? That's what they want to ask. Um, I like a lot of the old sports movies. Okay. Uh, Rudy and Remember the Titans? Or... No, Rudy is not your favorite movie. 
I didn't, I didn't say it was. You, but you were about to. No. Okay. I was, I was giving okay. Some I'm candidates. sorry. This is the prelude. Please. Give, give me some candidates. Yeah. Rudy, uh, Radio, Remember Titans, all very good old football movies. Radio goes hard. Radio I'm does. sorry. I'm radio sorry. does go hard. I almost forgot that existed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some very good old school football, football movies were made. Um, I'm a. There's some anime movies that are pretty good. Okay. Um, I think my favorite is probably uh, Disney Cars. Ooh, that is a that is a hard hitter. That is a hard hitter. That also comes from a, an era where every movie I miss this era so bad. Every movie had a corresponding video game. Please, but most of the video games back. were shitty. Yeah, but the Cars video game as like as like a, a as like a child though mm-hmm. that hits so hard. I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. I would probably go uh, on, in terms of the smell question. The taste question. You've got me thinking smell. In terms of the taste question, I would probably go... Uh, I, I'd hate it. I think I understand the gravity of it. But I would take the minus 50%. Favorite movie. It's been The Witch for a while now. It's just atmospherically good. What? The Witch. Oh. The, uh... uh yeah. It's by the same guy that did The Lighthouse. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen it. Atmospherically. Very good. Very good. The atmosphere in a few of the games today was intriguing, to say the least. Deshaun Watson finally made his triumphant return back to the NFL field. It feels almost unreal that this has happened, but I think it really shows you how concerned the league is with money. It's the same, it's it's all, he's going to return to face his former team, that's when his suspension ends. This this obviously was so orchestrated, and they're not kicking him out of the league because uh, of what he can do, or maybe we should say what he could do. What we saw out there uh, did not look like the quarterback that at one point in time had one of the highest paid salaries of, of all time. What did you see in the Browns-Houston Texans game? Browns cover, and it goes under. You were way on this and way on the big money here. What did you see from Watson and, and this game in general? This was a game where obviously all eyes were on Deshaun Watson. There were there were some smattering of boos, maybe not as bad as I expected it to be, um, but Deshaun Watson certainly didn't get inducted into the Ring of Honor, didn't get an ovation coming back to Houston. He did throw his first uh, red zone pass since playing for the Houston Texans to a Houston Texans player. I uh, had a chance to take the lead early in the game. And could not do it through an interception. Also got backed up. Browns took a safety, got down 5-0. The Texans had that 5-0 lead, and after that, it kind of fell, fell apart. The Browns were aided by a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown. But Watson only had a QBR of 28, only 12 completions. Did not look great. Obviously very rusty. Uh, the, the chemistry with the... Browns receivers is not there. Like you said, it is pretty wild to see him out there after, after you know, we didn't know if he's ever going to play again, thinking that this is certainly going to be a full-year ex- suspension. They say six games. NFL appeals it. They don't like it. Change it to 11 where it works out perfectly. He gets to come back and play against the Texans. The narrative going to this game was that the Texans were going to win any game. It would be this one against Deshaun Watson. And Texans still can't do it. Uh, their team is severely lacking in any sort of firepower they just they can't hold on to a lead they can't score this is as bad as, bad as it gets as far as far as uh as far as low totem pole nfl teams i don't think the texans are winning another game on the other side the browns do they have a chance for the playoffs still it's going to take them winning out right yeah these are a couple of interesting questions that i think we have to address first let's stay with the texans here Really, uh, really abysmal season. I think they've proven that they don't have a capable quarterback on the roster. I think we gave Davis Mills a little too much praise just because of the low expectations and briefly exceeding those. I don't think that he's the man for the job in Houston, but they have been abysmal this season. And like you said, you have to think the revenge game at home against a rusty Deshaun Watson. You're going to tell me you're going to lose 
27 to 14 in a game where a quarterback does not throw a touchdown pass against you. 27 points, no passing touchdowns. I mean, that is that is brutal. The Texans have just been getting killed. I don't know who the, the Texans betters out there are. I hope they're just diehard fans. Uh, but if if not, you guys might need to might need to consider uh, you know laying off whatever it is you're on. This team went one for twelve on third down. They converted one third down, one for twelve. But this is the, these are the statistics right here that I was about to get to. All right, one ten and one is the record on the season against the spread, and they've been catching so many points all season. This one was at nine points. I think uh, I think on Friday or Saturday night. I think Saturday night we had this at nine points. They've been getting more than touchdowns for quite a few times. Now, they are, even with that said, they are, um, excuse me here, I, I just had it. Oh, four, seven, and one against the spread. Four, seven, and one against the spread. That is that is miserable. I think this, the Texans are going to lose out, like you said, and I think that they are probably not going to come close to covering any of these spreads. I think you can fade these guys all the way down till uh, till the final weeks here. And so it begs the question, maybe it's recency bias, but do you think this team with Kyle Allen and Davis Mills under center is worse than what we saw last year's Lions accomplish? I think this team is a lot worse. I mean, I think coaching, I don't, I don't know if you could say one, one coaching staff is way better than the other. I think a lot of people would say Lovey Smith over Dan Campbell, if you step away from the the hype, or you know, hmm. some some people might say that hey, you know, what Dan Campbell's been able to do, squeaking out five wins, is, is impressive, sure. But the talent level on, on each of these teams, the Lions had a lot more talent last year, able to get the three wins. I don't think the Texans are getting past one win. I think the talent level on this team is just so poor. I mean, we have to, I talked about it uh, before the season started. It's like, who's their best player? Is it really Brandon Cooks? Yeah, like now it's like it's or maybe it's Derek Stingley, Stingley now. It's like they just don't have the, t- the playmakers. They don't have the talent. They don't have the playmakers. You know, I, I guess I guess the best player right now is Damian Pierce in that run game. But that's really all they have, and you can't you can't be that one dimensional uh, in, in the NFL. You know, without a great defense. So I, I just th- this team is one one of the worst I've seen in a long time. They get pieces like Stingley, and obviously they can't keep them because of how bad it is and how bad the culture is, but. Beyond that, one piece here and there is not going to change things. I hope Bryce Young likes. I hope Bryce Young likes Houston. Hopefully, start looking at houses right now, buddy. Hey, you gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> that's another another discussion for another time. Upcoming draft class, hopefully much stronger than the one we've got right now. That Texans Cowboys spread next week in Dallas is going to be like twenty. It is. It with is. with, with the wild. Colts with the Colts Cowboys being set at eleven and a half, I can only imagine it's going to be like seventeen twenty for the Cowboys. Now, on the other side of the ball here from this game, the Cleveland Browns. They get Watson back. They're still very much alive in terms of the overall playoff picture. Do you think that he can shake off the rust and the Browns can become a dangerous team entering the playoffs? Or is it too late and they're too discombobulated? Um, this is this is going to be a tough stretch for, for the Browns. If you look at their main schedule, they have to play the, the red-hot Bengals who just knocked off the Chiefs, um, very impressive win. Joe Burrow's getting hot. The Bengals are starting to peak like they did last last season. They could potentially make a run at the division, too. They could. They're not They're that very, far very, behind. Yeah, very well could. And so the Browns ha- the Browns really mean every game is going to be a season for them, right? Because, because they're so far back in the, in the playoff hunt. They are. That, that every game is, is a must-win game. So if they lose to the Bengals next week, they drop to 5-8, and eight, that's probably it. I mean, so I don't, know if, I don't even know if they get past Cincinnati. But then they play the Ravens, the Saints, the Commanders, Steelers. None of those are really uh, easy walking apart games. And Deshaun oh. Watson is, I mean, if he plays like this, I don't think they have any chance. But Brissett wasn't great, and we obviously know that Deshaun Watson is a much more talented quarterback than Brissett. But the thing Brissett do, did was at least he got completions. He was able to run to play action, get, get completions. Deshaun Watson was having a very hard time finding his targets in rhythm today. If that continues, then they're dead in the water. So... He's going to have to shake off the rust quick. I don't know if he can do it. I mean, when you're out of the league and away from, from your team, just kind of so separated from things for so long, it's really hard to just jump back in. 
and be the great player that you were. Yeah, I think what we saw from Brissett was that a team with the running game that they have and the defensive capabilities that they have really didn't need a quarterback who was going to put up Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes numbers. They needed someone who wasn't going to turn the ball over and could make critical throws to get first downs, move the chains, get in the end zone. And he did that for them and did it enough to keep them above water. But now, now we look at that, that hill, that uphill climb. They could. They could make it. They don't have a lot of strong teams in front of them. Raiders and Chargers in front of them right now in the playoff picture. But like you said, the teams that they need to beat on their schedule, it is not going to be a walk in the park by any means unless they really start clicking and get it together. Uh, I don't know that it's going to happen. I don't know if you're scoring special teams a defensive touchdown. Yeah, every that week. can't be that can't be your primary source that of can't offense. Be yeah. Uh, another team that's newly uh, perhaps dismantled, San Francisco. Let's pop over there real quick. They take care of business. They're favored by five, and they lay it on the Dolphins, who have been pretty good this season, especially ATS. But they get killed here in Santa Clara. They lose 17-33. to However, it was not without a cost. 49ers lose. Jimmy G bringing up Brock Purdy. Huge, huge loss. Devastating for Niners fans. Justin, where do they go from here? A team that is so clearly in the playoff hunt, so certain of their destiny to enter the playoffs this year, but now without a starting caliber quarterback, what do they do? I mean, yeah, the the tone after Jimmy G got hurt within the team and the fan base was a lot different than when Trey Lance got hurt. When no, they were happy about that. I don't, I don't want to say happy. I mean, I mean, but a lot of fans knew that Jimmy Garoppolo was a more ready and capable quarterback over Trey Lance. Now they lose Garoppolo, and really it's just down to Brock Purdy. The free agency market is, is very empty. I mean, so you, you could sign Cam Newton if you want to or try to get RG3 or Fitzpatrick out of the booth, but I think they're going to roll with Purdy, and, and he's Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the NFL draft. You look at, at, at the game, he played pretty decent. The Niners have an offense that isn't extremely hard to run. If you know what you're doing, you know the plays, you understand the scheme, you're going to be handing the ball off a lot. You're going to be dumping down the ball to Debo and, and Kittle in open spaces a lot and letting them do, do their thing. So out all the offenses and teams, you can have a quarterback like this take over. This is one of the better ones. But still, at some point, you got to be able to be a leader and make some big plays. And Jimmy G has done that at some points, and we don't get a lot of credit, but he has made some big plays when he needed to. I, I agree. I don't think Purdy's that bad. And wouldn't that be so fitting for this draft class if the best quarterback to come out of this class was actually the last pick taken? That would be very fitting. Purdy was not that bad. Uh, is he going to be the quarterback they need in the playoffs? Absolutely not. But I don't think that he's that bad. I think that he could get them there. And if they do get there, there's no reason that that offense with so many weapons couldn't kind of mask the fact that uh, their quarterback play has dipped so dramatically. McCaffrey, 66 rushing yards in this one, 80 receiving yards. He is just such a weapon. Combine that with Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, Croft, even Jerzyk. Uh, I mean, just just such a crazy offensive firepower there. And he could certainly do it. If he can manage his interceptions and he can manage the game, this could still be a dangerous team. I'm very excited for next week. I think that you're going to get a good line on them hosting the Buccaneers because of Purdy starting that game. But I think... They will dominate the Buccaneers. I really do. I don't think that defense will keep up with their offense. I'd love to take Purdy's overs in that one and take the 49ers to win that. I'm sure that's going to be a pretty, pretty decent, pretty decent matchup. Rest of their games are also pretty easy as well. You go Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, and Cardinals. If you can't pull three wins out of there, that's that's going to be pretty tough. So I think we should definitely see them locked up for the playoffs, don't you? Uh, tell me their schedule again. Bucks, Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals. Um, Raiders and Cardinals are probably the two worst teams there. Yep. 
every other game is going to be pretty tough. Washington has a very good defense. The Buccaneers have a good defense. And the Seahawks are a tough team to play. They can put up a lot of points. Uh, that, that'll be a big Thursday night game that'll have huge playoff implications. I mean, look, the the Giants are 1-2-1 one, and one in the third quarter of the season. They're one of the teams that rely on running the ball, hiding your quarterback Daniel Jones as much as possible. Later you get into the year, it's harder to hide your quarterback. The later you get into a year, the quarterback has to make some plays at some point. Um, so, I mean, I think Jimmy G has done that. I mean, we've talked about that, you know, oh, wait, it's just a run game, it's just a run game. Well, that didn't work with Trey Lance. There's clearly something with, with Jimmy it's G, that his, his ability to command the offense, which is very important for them. So I think this is a big loss. And, you know, I I, I don't know if Brock Purdy is going to have enough to push this team through the playoff finish line when there's so many teams that, that, are, that are vying for that spot. If they do, I don't know if they're going to w- win a game. They're certainly not going to be a high high seed. They're not going to have home field advantage. I had the 49ers as a Super Bowl team, and right now I'm starting to, to doubt it a little bit, even with the great defense and all the great weapons they have on offense. It's just you've got to have a quarterback who is ready and willing to make those those big plays in the big moments, the third, fourth down. I mean, Purdy you know, had a pretty good game script coming in, you know, the, the Niners at home and, and having the lead, but starting and play, going through week to week, it's difficult in the NFL. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks come in off the bench for one game, middle of the game, and all of a sudden, you know, with nothing to lose, play well. But then as the season progresses, it kind of catches up to you. I, I want, I would love to see Purdy succeed and see the Niners make the playoffs and succeed, but I have my doubts. Perhaps so. I think if they do make it in, and I think they will probably sneak in, I think they could make a little bit of noise. They might be a little dangerous just because of that offense. Another team that could be really dangerous in the playoffs, the Bengals. We talked about this at the beginning of the year on the over-under win totals. Bengals started out pretty slow like we thought, but they are getting red hot. And we, we said it. This is a team that's going to be much more dangerous in the postseason than in the regular season. And I think they're starting to show that a little early. They beat the Chiefs 27-24 to today. Kansas City was favored by two and a half on the road. Bengals went outright. Joe Burrow does his thing, almost throws for 300 yards, two touchdowns. He is looking like a man possessed and ready to get back to the Super Bowl. What kind of odds would you give the Bengals to get there? To make the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know about a certain number, but I mean, I've been on the Bengals for the past month, and I think they're a really good team. I think they're starting to peak again. They're starting to look like they did last year when they peaked and went to the Super Bowl. And Jamar Chase is back and healthy, and their offense is just... Their offense actually has success even without him, but when he's on the field, it's just at another level. And Joe Burrow, like you said, he's, he's playing at an extremely high level. Converted a third and 11 to ice the game against Kansas City, not give Mahomes their chance. Uh, and look, the Bengals, no one saw this peak coming because of their schedule. But I, I was, I've been on this, and I, I, True. and I was able to cash some bets because I feel like they were not getting the respect they deserved from the sports books. Because this is what happened is, is that the Bengals got destroyed on Halloween night against the Browns on the road. Everyone was down on them. They played the Panthers and Steelers. And people looked at those results and hand-waved it. Oh, it's the Panthers. Oh, it's the Steelers. Playing the Pittsburgh on the road when they're fighting for their, their season, not an easy win. No, absolutely Panthers, not. Panthers also a team that fights. So they got those two wins. And people didn't see them coming, but if you watch the game, you can see their offense starting to pick up steam. Steam start to look look like they did last year, and then they played the Titans and Bengals, or Titans and Chiefs, the two teams they beat last year to make Super Bowl, and they've beaten them both. So that's four wins in a row for the Bengals. They are looking red hot. I think they had a good good shot to repeat last year and make another run. It's going to be they're going to be a difficult team to play. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ball, are you concerned at all for Kansas City and their chances to? get deep into the AFC? No, I still think they're they're at the top of one of the best teams in the entire NFL. I mean, these this this is what it was. It was two great teams playing like they did in the playoffs last year. It was a close game. The Bengals ended up edging it out at home. But I think the Bengals and Chiefs, that could be, that could be the uh, conference championship once again. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know who would... Uh... Who'd really compete in the AFC besides those two at this point? 
Uh, just based on what we've seen, it looks like most of that strength is in the NFC. Quick, uh, quick odds real quick on both sides of the ball. Bengals to come from behind and take their division from Baltimore, plus 120 if you like it. Conference winner, Cincinnati, plus 600. Not some bad odds to return to the Super Bowl there and to win it outright, plus 1,200 if you like them to get some revenge this season. Kansas City to get back into the Super Bowl, plus 210. To win the thing, plus 450. Another uh, another game that was pretty interesting with some playoff implications. Minnesota won at home today. They were looking to lock up their playoff spot. I don't think it happened. I think they needed a little bit of help, and they didn't get it. But they did win. They did win this one uh, 27-22. I believe that covered the spread. It's a three-point spread at close. So they did win. They covered. They go to 10-2. and two. How dangerous is Minnesota in the, uh, in the NFC playoffs? Minnesota is, is certainly dangerous, but I think any team that plays Minnesota is also dangerous to them. I think that they can beat anyone, but I think they also have a chance to lose anyone. I've never seen a 10-win team, 10-2 team, win so many games either by a few points or at the goal line. You know, it, was the, it was the Taylor Heineke late interception. It was the Josh Allen fumble on the last play of the game, the QB sneak out of the end zone. I mean, it just seems like these late games, somehow the other team is, is sticking around or have a chance. And the Vikings either get a turnover or they find a way to win. And great teams find ways to win, so credit to them. But they're really not putting away games against any team. The Patriots could could have easily won that game on Thanksgiving. So they're certainly going to make it in the playoffs. I don't think there's any way they don't at this point. But once they get into the playoffs, you know, they run up against a good team. Are they going to be able to continue to clutch it out? We'll see. But this team certainly has talent. Absolutely. I, I think I agree with you 100%. I had this game actually, and I had to sweat it out to the very last minute. Multiple blown fourth down stops, but they came up big in the very, very end, and we did get through it. But yeah, really, really shouldn't have had to sweat this one out. That's every Vikings game. It's it always is. some wacky stuff. It always is some wacky stuff. I've never seen anything like it. What do you think about the uh, the Jets, the Mike White movement? He throws for almost 400. He's at like 370 on the day. Uh, Jets offense kept pace pretty well, even to the, the last bit. What do you think about Mike White in uh, New York? Is he the new starter? Do you believe in him? Uh, the turnovers kind of kill it for me a little bit, but he's, I think he's definitely better than Zach Wilson. At the very least, he has more of the attention and respected locker room over Zach Wilson. That's really, I think, what tipped it over the edge for Zach Wilson was his inability to lead and capture the locker room. So Mike White, he's he's in there, he's doing his thing, but I don't think he's a good quarterback. He's going to try to do enough to keep them going and make it a playoffs. They're, they're on a cusp. They're right right there right now in the seventh spot, I believe. They're, they're trying to hold on to it. Yeah, they're still in the playoffs. I think their, their defense is pretty solid. They got you know a, a lot of good pieces. Their pass rush has been good. But are the Jets a team that can make noise in the playoffs and potentially make an upset? I don't know. I, I think I think their chances are slim of making like the conference championship. Maybe they get one win. I think this team is still this team has made a lot of progress. I mean, the, the, what the over under wins total was like three and a half. So the fact that they've gotten to this point, and made the playoffs, is pretty great. And I think they're going to continue to get better and be a very formidable team in, in you know years to come. But they got to figure out the quarterback situation. Some crazy odds on the Jets here. Of course, the Bills are in their division, and the Bills have just as good of a chance as the Bengals and uh, Chiefs we just discussed to make some noise in the AFC. Jets to usurp them and win the division plus 2,400 to win the AFC plus 5,000 and then the Super Bowl gets silly plus 10,000. I don't think any of this is going to happen. Is it worth a little sprinkle on them to uh, maybe go all the way if if the Bills fall off? In that division? Or is that just ridiculous? Silence is deafening. Cool, I just got a text. Schefter? No, it was Kyle Shanahan. I gotta go. Okay, my bad. Late for practice. No, I got I got suit up. They said they needed backup. And, mm-hmm. you know, they thought, why not hit, go, hit up the goalpost community? He says that, you know, not a lot of people can understand the complex, complex offense, but he's heard my analysis and thinks that I could get a grasp of it. So, I gotta go. 
I'm not going to cut this part out of the episode just so that you have to live with it. I didn't ask you to cut it out. Think about this. I want you to think about this. I'm fine with it in the future. I'm fine with my decisions. All right. The man of his decisions. Big money decisions. Repeat the question, please. Well, okay. So the Jets are, are, they have pretty wild odds on winning their division and then, of course, the conference. Do you think it's possible we watch Buffalo fall off and the Jets kind of sneak up? I mean, is it possible Mike White really is the guy? It turns out he's him and Josh Allen falls off a little bit. I think the. The Bills peaked too early, and they came crashing down a little bit, but I think they're going to start to pick up steam a little bit more as we get into playoff mode. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to catch the Bills. It's really going to hinge on the game next week between the Bills and Jets. That'll tell us a lot. I expect Buffalo to get revenge on the Jets. It's really hard to beat a team twice in a year. I think Buffalo at home, they should be able to take care of the Jets, and then they should be able to lock up the division. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, too. Let's go around the league here. Lions dismantled the Jaguars. They were it was a pick'em, and it was minus one. They end up winning by uh, 26 here, 40 to 14 at home. They clobber the Jaguars. Uh, Lions, a team on a hard knocks. A lot of people were interested in them. They are still in this thing. They are a little bit behind, but they could still potentially make a all-out run towards the last few wildcard spots. I don't think they do it, but they're they're maybe on the cusp. What do you think about their chances of getting little to none or uh, none to little? I don't I don't see it. I, was, I don't think there's seven spots, but I don't think there's one f- for the Lions. Looking at the Seahawks and Commanders, Giants and Diners all looking for a playoff spot. I just don't see it. They gotta play the Vikings. They gotta play the the Jets. Uh, I just don't think they have, have enough wins left on our schedule to, to make it. Uh, it's been impressive they were able to get to five wins so far. A lot of people expected that, especially kind of m- middle of the season. But really, since the the Cowboys game, they've turned it on offensively and they've played pretty well. Uh, still got a lot of things to improve, but I thought I was all over the the Lions on this game. I thought it yeah. would be an easy win. Jaguars coming off a crazy win against the Ravens, they really had no business winning that game. And then just the inconsistency of Jaguars. I felt like the arrow would be up in this game for the Lions, down for the Jaguars, and the Lions defense had nothing for, for or the Jaguars defense, excuse me, had nothing for the Lions offense. They just rolled past them all game at home, and they had fun doing it, and it was about what I expected. Definitely a building block here, I think, for the Lions. Maybe for the Jaguars, but only because the Urban Meyer shit show was so bad. Um, so maybe some positive momentum for both teams, but definitely more so for the Lions. Packers take care of business. They cover the spread 28-19 to on the road against the Bears. A little too late for the Packers, right? Aaron Rodgers trying his best, but they're they're a little too late, aren't they? It, it is too little too late for the Packers. Eight losses. I don't think there's any way they get back into it. This was a last hurrah kind of game for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what happens next season. I think there's too much money on the table for him to walk away and retire, but the Packers have to get better. Rodgers has to play better. Uh... You know, some people want a coaching change. Either way, the Packers have to change something and get this right. This this season has been really disappointing for a lot of Packers fans. Offense has looked dreadful. Uh, it's it's been pretty clear that their best their best point of attack is the run game, but they failed to commit to that through a season because they have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. Problem is, he doesn't have any receivers he trusts. Yeah, Packers I... get the Packers get the cover in this game, but it came very late, very late on on a. Oh, a rush when they were trying to run the clock they ended up breaking they, they were able to cover but this was a game where the Bears had a lead for a good point and Packers come from behind and win yeah, I, I can't make sense of the Bears I always feel like maybe we're underselling on them that they can cover, cover some of these spreads but they they are still bad they are still bad the, the drop, back ha- uh, drop back pass game for the Bears just doesn't exist with Fields it doesn't. I like Fields and he's, you know, he's a great runner but you know we, there's been a lot of games this season where it's come down to it Bears need a drive to win the game. He's got to play quarterback, and they can't do it. Steelers and Falcons. Uh, Steelers win this one by three. They cover that one and a half spread. They're up to five and seven. A little too late for them as well, huh? You'd have to think, right? Especially with the Bengals getting hot and the Ravens already atop their division. Steelers are dead in the water, aren't they? Yeah, Steelers a team I'm disappointed by. I had high hopes for them. What was, their, uh, what was their over-under win total? 
Could stuff. they still hit it? I think it was seven and a half. They could still maybe hit they it. They could still hit it. Mike Tomlin trying to keep his record alive. He's got to. Maybe he'll be able to do it. We'll see. Um, yeah, disappointed by the Steelers. A lot of things went wrong. Um, quarterback changes during the season. Never a good recipe for stacking wins. Start with Trubisky, go to Pickett. Pickett kind of gets a slow start. I thought maybe it would be better, better just to get Pickett in there week one, get him adjusted, get him ready to go. But it felt in- inevitable that Pickett was going to come in at some point, right? right? We knew it was going to happen, but they drug it out. They collected losses and then put him in. And it's just been slow going for the Steelers. They lose the best player in Watt for an extended period of time. It's just been a tough season, season for the Steelers. I think this team still has talent, but they have to figure out the passing game. They have to figure out how to get the ball to, to, to Pickens, who was red hot on the sideline yelling at his coaches saying, give, give me the, the darn ball. That's exactly what he said. But Steelers have put a couple, together a couple of wins, but like you said, probably too late for them to catch anybody. Falcons, on the other hand, they are still very alive in the the NFC South, which is now the worst division of football, but they did lose a big game today. They've lost two winnable games in a row. Other teams scored exactly 19 points both times. Both games have ended on an interception. Really painful because the Falcons could be right here, potentially leading that division, which is up for grabs. It's astounding that they're still in it at 5-8, but that is what the NFC South is right now. Falcons two games missed opportunities, and uh, it, it really comes down to Marcus Mariota. Is that uh, he's having to make plays and he, he just can't do it. They have a great running game. I think what Arthur Smith has been able to do, pretty incredible. Uh, I think I think talented coaches are able to figure out different ways to run the ball. He's done that, but Marcus Mariota, I just it's gotten to point of season. I don't think he's making the plays necessary to win games. It felt like they punted on the season when they went into it with him starting at quarterback. And uh, very strange that they didn't give the, the Riddler a chance. Uh, the Mariota's their guy. And Mike I don't think should. Desmond Ritter is going to turn the season around. He might not, but why draft him if, if you know, you're not going to play him and, and you're going to be losing? I, I, I don't know. At any rate, though, if you do like the Falcons to win that division, which they still very much could, right? Even oh, yeah. With Mariota, oh, yeah. Plus 1,200. Probably the best odds right now. Probably the best odds odds right now on a underdog division winner i don't know that there's anyone that has these good of odds who could reasonably do it they can reasonably do it we're going to talk about the landscape of the nfc south a little bit more here in a minute once we pull up our monday night game but they could reasonably do it and that is a pretty substantial bit of odds that you can get a good value pick let's uh let's keep going let's wrap up our Sunday slate. We also watched the Eagles destroy the Titans. Eagles are on a warpath. Titans have been up and down all season. Can't really, can't really make uh, make sense of it. I mean, this is a game where uh, Tannehill is your leading rusher. What does that say? Derrick Henry, 11 yards. Excuse me. I mean, it might as well be, but but okay. 11 carries, 30 yards. I mean, we've got to feed Henry at this point. He, he's not getting carries like that under 20 every game, it feels like. And then his yards, just so unproductive. I, I don't know what to make of the Titans. I feel like they are going down the drain. Philly looks great. Aside from one division loss, I think they absolutely deserve to be the favorites to win the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Eagles are still one of the best teams in the NFL. They're going to get that number one seed, no doubt in my mind. You know, they had that, that tough loss against the Commanders and... You know, I think you just got to give a lot of credit to the Commanders, what they did, the big upside of Monday night. And then the following week, they only beat the Colts by one point, and people were like, oh, the Eagles are falling off. It's tough to win this many games in the NFL, and the Eagles have found a way to do it. It's always not going to be a blow. It's not always going to be pretty, but the Eagles have found a way to do it. They're an amazing team. Jalen Hurts has been that dude this year. They're running the ball at an exceptional rate. Their defense is, is playing ferocious. I mean, this is a great team. It's well-coached. They're going to have a chance to go far in the playoffs. We all know it. The Titans, a little bit disappointing. I thought this game would be a little bit closer, but they're just one of those teams that once they get behind once they get behind early, they have such a hard time coming back because the style of offense they play. That's why Derrick Henry's yards are so con- inconsistent, hard to bet on, because he's either going to get 30 carries and 150 yards or eventually you're going to have to go away from him because they're down by double digits and have to pass the ball 
and Derrick Henry doesn't get the same amount of carries. Derrick Henry is a running back who relies on volume to get his yards a lot of times. So I, I just I didn't expect the Titans to lose by 25 here. Uh, I still think they're they're a good team, but they're one of the teams that are limited in the ways they can win when they get down early in this game or games like this. It's just so hard for them to come back. They've just benefited so much this season from being in such a weak division. They will win their division, and they will be a very weak link in the playoffs because of it. Uh, really, really not much more you can say about them. The uh, Broncos and Ravens. Uh, this was this was a great matchup. 9-10 to 10 is your final score. Baltimore wins by a point. They were favored by 8.5. Horrible beat. Probably our worst beat of the Sunday slate on this one. Baltimore only winning by one, favored by eight and a half. Wait, where's Brutal. the bad beat? Taking the spread. The bad beat is when something goes terribly wrong. It felt like it. You only beat the Broncos by one point at home? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't... I didn't take it, but you know. Uh, it's a bad bet, not a bad beat. Okay, bad bet. Excuse me. Excuse it's me. like a bad beat is like, you know, like you're you're about to to win on a spread and then they were like return an onside kick for a touchdown. Okay. Fair enough, but uh, still, still, I don't know. What do you What do you think of this? I mean, Huntley played most of the game. Why was that? Lamar Jackson got hurt, injured. See, I, I really, I really didn't watch much of this game. I don't know. You might have to take the lead on this one. You so start tell over? me about that. No, 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 no. It's fine. Jackson gets hurt. Is how long is he going to be out for? Uh, until twenty twenty five. Oh shit! That's crazy. How how hurt is he? It is week to week, not season ending. Uh, he may miss next week. We're not sure, but he'll be back. He'll be back dur- during the regular season, definitely for the playoffs. But he'll be he'll be back in at, le- at least two weeks. He might miss the next game, like I said. Wasn't a super serious a knee injury. Could have been a lot worse. Not an ACL. Okay, but hear me out. This is what I'm saying. If he was not injured, then they would have destroyed them. There's See, I, your I bad know. beat. What? There's your bad beat. I don't know. Yes. No, I, 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 I think this is the perfect recipe for Cincinnati, though, right? They want to win that division. If Lamar Jackson is sidelined for maybe one, two more games, some pivotal points, uh, they could certainly do it with how they're playing. I don't know about the Ravens. Between injuries and just being inconsistent this year, I don't have a lot of faith in them moving forward in the playoffs. Mm. Do you? Uh, the Ravens are a team that I feel like should be a lot better than they are. Yeah. Just inexplicably, they've thrown away games or almost thrown away games all season. I feel like they have the recipe and the talent. I think Lamar Jackson is sensational. They should be winning and blowing out teams. Maybe they get hot. Maybe they peak towards the playoffs. I think they're definitely a team that's dangerous, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be high in my rankings as far as playoff teams because I just haven't seen the consistency yet. Uh, for the Broncos in this game, I mean... How much more do you want to dogpile on the Broncos? How much more do you want to dogpile on the Russell Wilson? Let's ride uh, burnt meal. I mean, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Broncos. They've been abysmal. They can't score points. They have as many touchdowns as Jamal Williams does as a team. Oof. Um, Russell Wilson, another game without a touchdown pass. They lost the game, only scored nine points. They lost the game to a team where their leading rusher was their quarterback rushing 41 yards. This game was absolutely ugly, disgusting. Then opportunity to win because of Jackson getting hurt. They couldn't get it done. They're now 3-9 and nine with a the quarterback they spent $250 million on. I am so sick of the AFC West as a division. Only one winning record in that division. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. And the, the gemstone of how horrible that division is, save Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, is... The Let's Ride Broncos. Absolutely putrid. The putridity of it is. Sticking in that division, Raiders upset the Chargers in this one. They win by 7 points, 27 to 20. Uh, they cover their spread. Chargers, super, super disappointing. Uh, Raiders as well, maybe not so much, just because they didn't have Herbert. But both teams, I don't want to spend any time talking about. I am, I am sick of it. I'm done of it. They're not making the playoffs. I, I could care less. Truly, Seahawks best the Rams 27 to 23. This is another one. Seahawks have been great. They don't cover the spread here. They're minus six and a half. Rams win with the points. Seahawks have been really decent um, in the Geno Smith revival. I love to see him for this. I love to see this for him. I love to see uh, what they're doing. But uh, 
I don't know that they're going to go very far in the playoffs. I think they'll be they'll be all right, but I don't know how dangerous they are. Not a solid run game. Can't rely too much on Geno in postseason. I, I don't know, but I love it for him. I do, and I love that they have a winning record. Seattle fans absolutely deserve this after Ru- Russell Wilson put them through in the end of his career. On the other side, Rams are just, just they are in such a bad way. John Wolford taking over now. I mean, this is the icing on the cake for such a horrible season. Coming off their championship, this isn't a, a championship hangover. This is like a championship rehab excursion. This is insane. I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of the Rams. They have the best defensive player in football, an all-time great at his position, and they're this bad. Do you want to pile on them here? Yeah, I'd love to. Go for it. I mean, yeah, they have, they have a lot of great players, including Ramsey and, and, and Donald and Cup. Problem is that Donald's gone now. Cup is gone. Um, this is the first team to ever win a Super Bowl and then come back next season and lose six games in a row. And even before the injuries, before Stafford went out and, and Cup went out and all this, they were not a very good team. They lost their identity. Their offensive line wasn't very good. Um, the resources that they threw away in a draft and signing some of the older players to put together this, you know, all-or-nothing all-star team, it worked. And you won your Super Bowl, but this was the risk that they, they took, you know, being so top-heavy and paying these guys a little bit older, you know, is that uh, it just doesn't last. And so now this team has to kind of rebuild it a little bit, and they really don't have no draft capital. They they don't have many ways to build this team. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't find a receiver out of Cooper Cup that can make any big plays. So to to me, the Rams are just dead. It's going to take a long time for, for them to get back to the point. How long the Stafford play? There was a lot of work to do to get the Rams back. They had that one Super Bowl, and ho- hopefully they enjoy it. Um, I mean, that is the ultimate goal, so they were able to accomplish it, but it's going to be tough going from there. On the other side, the Seahawks, uh, like you said, got to be happy with how Geno Smith has been playing. Um, I know a lot of people want to say that, like, oh, you know, Geno Smith is going to catch up to him. He's, he's going to revert back to the old Geno Smith. I don't think so. I think he's playing well. Week in, do you week think out. he'll be dangerous in the playoffs, though? I... I um I don't I don't know about the Seahawks winning playoff games because my my point was going to be I think the Seahawks defense has been so terrible and it's been terrible since last year that's really been the biggest weak spot of their team and even Geno Smith playing amazing and potentially winning comeback player of the year if he does win that award their defense just keeps giving up points like twenty three against the Rams like they had no Rams had no business in being this game had no business taking the lead late in the fourth quarter. But they found a way to do it, and it's just I think I think the Seahawks run up against a, a good defense in the playoffs. It's it's gonna be tougher than to hang on. I mean, they lose that the game against the Raiders when they scored 34 points. It's just they, they rely on their offense and making play after play after play. It's gonna be hard to keep up even with Geno Smith playing well. Last game of the Sunday slate, I do believe, and it's a tie. Washington Commanders do not win on the two and a half spread. They do not win the game. They tie against their division rival, the Giants, possibly uh, as a boon for both teams as they both look to get into the playoffs. The whole NFC East is going to end up in the playoffs. It's very likely at this point, isn't it? Yeah, th- this um, this tying, the Giants don't feel great about it. The Commanders don't feel great about it. But it helps them both. But, I mean, I, it doesn't... It's it's better than a loss for both of them. Obviously, they both want to win, but if you're looking at the Giants and the Commanders both making the playoffs and Tyrant NFC East making the playoffs, this is the path to do it. This is think something that's going to irk Seahawks fans. It's going to irk Niners fans, maybe even Lions fans, but this makes it more likely they both get in. Uh, first tie for both teams in, in a long time. Uh, the Commanders looked dead in the water in the fourth quarter. That live line was like plus a thousand money line for the Commanders, and Heineke was able to leave lead a a nice fourth quarter drive and, and tie this game up. Uh, this this was about a pick'em game, like I think it was a, either one or one and a half. The Commanders will have a bye and they'll play the Giants um, two weeks from now, and that game will be even bigger now that there was a tie and the play implications now. Uh, whoever wins that game two weeks from now has a really, really good shot at securing the playoff spot. So uh, we're getting down to the, really the nitty-gritty of the season, 
and it should be a lot of exciting games towards the end here. This will be this will be one of the big games that could determine a lot going into the playoffs. And of course, there is a long-standing NFL tradition. I don't know who who started this. Perhaps Nance. But anytime there's a tie, one line gets repeated. Who who got this one in? Who is the unfortunate soul tasked with the mandatory reciting of this uh, NFL folklore? Yeah, Roger Goodell came out to Charles Leno, the left, left tackle mm. of the Commanders, and said, "Hey, the game is a tie. I know a lot of fans are disappointed. You gotta do something for me. Mm. You gotta you gotta drop the sister line. You gotta yeah. you gotta tell the reporters when they ask you about the tie. You know what are your feelings? You gotta tell them, hey, listen." It's like kissing your sister. Absolutely. NFL ties are absolutely like kissing your sister. It's like someone asks you kissed a girl. It's like, well, no, but I did kiss my sister. It's it's uh, it's not a win, okay? I'm not saying it's a win, but it's definitely not a loss. No, no. That is, that is what Charles Leno Jr. dropped for the media today after the tie 2020. No one's going to shake your hand, but, you know, they're also not going to... Uh, Spin your face. Sure. They're also not going to not shake your hand. Right. That's that's you know that's important. It's <laughs> we, we always gonna have every time. I have to say this every time. Every time someone someone to meet someone either on this coaching staff or players is just required to say that it's they in er, it's everybody's contract. If someone's got to step up and do it. Someone someone just wants to feel better about what they did in, in seventh grade. I guess so. It's true. Um, let's go ahead and get there. Monday night, New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Saints are way down in that division right now, but a win here could boost them way up. Spread is plus three and a half for the Saints. Buccaneers laying that three and a half. Total points under over 41. What are you doing here? Are you going to ride with New Orleans on the road, taking the points, a divisional game, or do you want to lay them with the Buccaneers? This is a tough one. Is it four and a half right now? Three and a half. Three and a half? Three and a half on Caesars. Uh, if the under is what forty three and a half, forty one. Yeah, I, I think I would take the under here. Um, I think it's a better bet than playing a spread. I would lean towards the, I lean towards the the Buccaneers on the spread. I mean, it feels like we're just kind of waiting for the Buccaneers to take this division, and they don't do it. I think both teams have been incredibly inconsistent, not scoring a lot of points on offenses. Offense, just a lot of bad football going on. The Saints get shut out last week. Last time these teams, two teams met early in the season, the offenses just didn't come out to play. It was really terrible. Some of Brady's worst performances have been against the Saints and Dennis Allen. It's true. They do a good job scheming it up against the GOAT. However, I just don't know if the Saints have the firepower to, to, to do anything. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the, the, the Bucks pull it out in the end. My best bet would be the under and I'd lean towards the Buccaneers on spread. I... I'm almost tempted to go New Orleans here just because they do play them close. I feel like maybe even on the road it might be an advantage to them somehow. But I don't think I can. The last time these teams met, I think it ended up 10-20. to 20. I really don't like Andy Dalton at quarterback. I don't think that he helps the Saints at all. I, I can't get behind the red rifle here. I've got to lay the 3.5 with the Bucks. I don't like it at all, but I think I have to. And that, that last game... You don't have to bet every game, points. Nick. Sure, no one's, I, no I, one's holding a gun to your head. You don't have to bet every single game. Well, that's not what's going to happen, but... Are you but sure? We're making, yeah, we're making these predictions. We're making these picks. I'm betting it. I know you are. Last time they met, it was 30 points total. I think it feels really risky going under only 41, but this one will definitely go under. First touchdown score, I'm going to go uh, go Leonard Fournette plus 600. Caesars also has a bonus right now on Taysom Hill, plus 800. Don't waste your money. It won't be. It's always so tempting, and I always pick it every time when we do the same, and it never hits. Never. So now it will. So now, so now it, will. it will. So go ahead. This is it. This is the seal of approval. Taysom Hill, go for it. Who's your first touchdown scorer? I've got Mike Evans. I think he's got an okay matchup against the Saints. Uh, he's, he's Brady's favorite target. They've, they've had some opportunities where Mike Evans might have been a first touchdown scorer in a couple of games and they missed it. I think this week they will connect and find the end zone first. Another key uh, key thing here, Saints are a little banged up in the secondary. I think Lattimore's questionable. They're also missing a few other pieces for sure. So I think, especially if Lattimore's limited or doesn't play, could really, really hurt them. Yeah, Lattimore's such a big part of the, the, what they do on defense and 
the Buccaneers have a lot of talent in that res- receiver group. We're just waiting for them to put it together this season. It's just, and it never has. I I agree. Um, along that line, though, I've got some props here that I like. Tom Brady under a half interception minus one thirty one. Great value on that there. He's probably not going to throw a pick in this one if Lattimore doesn't play. Uh, Mike Evans is such a big target. I don't think the Saints secondary group has the length outside of Lattimore to really stand up to him. I think that Brady will be precise with the ball. Dennis Allen schemes it well against him, sure. But I don't think he's going to make a mistake in this one. Give me Brady under a half pick. You got any props you like here? Yeah, I do. Let me get um, Andy Dalton under two. You can have him. <laughs> okay, great. We can get Andy Dalton under two hundred twenty-one and a half passing yards. Beautiful. I think the Saints will try to. Just, I think this will be a low-scoring game. I think the Saints will try to control it on the ground. I think the Buccaneers will. It'll be hard for them to to get passing yards. Um, just not feeling Andy Dalton right now. I, I think he goes under that two twenty-one. Yeah, you you shouldn't be feeling Andy. Uh, nobody should. So I'm, I'm absolutely with you on this one. Uh, some other ones I like here, maybe Brady over total passing completions, over 25 and a half. You could certainly get there. I just don't think the Saints are going to have a lot of offensive possession time. Buccaneers defense is not that bad. Certainly good enough to stop uh, or stifle Dalton and them. They haven't been using Taysom Hill very well the past few weeks. Kamara's been dealing with stuff. Uh, I think Ingram is, has been hurt. I don't know. The offense does not look right. And of course, the annual, the annual injury to Michael Thomas has already happened. So we can already check that off our bingo card. Uh, pretty obvious that that would have occurred, and it has. So I, I, I don't know. Not a big believer in New Orleans right now. You're going to have to give me the bucks here. And I think the Brady overs are the move. They're going to have a lot of time on offense. I think New Orleans is going to be going three and out, four and out, five and out punting a ton so Brady under interceptions Brady over touchdowns over one and a half over 25 and a half completions and then maybe your Dalton under 20 219 and a half yards here on uh, Caesars lines a little higher on uh on MGM is that right I think you already said it yeah any other props you like aside from those the uh correct score in the game okay plus 12,000 Twenty to sixteen. Mm. Twenty to sixteen. Not bad. Not what bad. Is your, what is your intriguing. correct score? Correct score. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say twenty-one to six. What that, are my odds on that? That one is. Uh, oh, there's not one for that. You, if you want the Buccaneers to win, you could get you get twenty-one to seven. You can get twenty to six. Yeah, I could I could go for that. Twenty to six plus eighteen thousand. There you go. Beautiful. It's a big money play right there. You could get six to three for forty-two thousand. Now let's uh let's move back real quick at our uh, look at our futures odds. We talked about Atlanta. Atlanta has some really reasonable odds to win that division. If New Orleans does win this, I think Atlanta has a very strong case. New Orleans though is plus seven hundred and fifty less than Atlanta to win their division. Meanwhile. I think this is unthinkable. The Buccaneers are minus 430. I mean, there's no value on them to win the division there, especially when it's within one or two games. No value. But I think, like you said, they do pull away, and I think that is what happens. If you want to sprinkle a little bit on the Falcons or Saints, be my guest. But I think this is this is going to be Tom Brady showing up and saying, I didn't leave my wife and kids for nothing, and he's going to grab an NFC South title. This is the uh, this is the the point where you can market Buccaneers division. Yeah, it feels like it's inevitable, but they're just kind of limping to it. They are. I mean, they're really not playing impressive football. They're not winning. You know, they're not putting together any win- winning streaks. But I mean, they're just limping towards the finish line, and the teams behind them are just kind of falling apart. The Panthers have completely changed their team. Everything about their team is different than when they started. Well, they punted. The Saints have struggled to do anything. The Falcons have lost. Two close games on interceptions. So, I mean, the Buccaneers, they should be able to win it. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe they, they fall apart, but I do think it's likely that they, they win it one way or the other. 
the, the Saints Buccaneers game will be, will be very important. If the Saints not win this game, everything changes. Yeah, I I agree. Even if they do, though, I don't think they're going to stop Brady from having a really really good and productive game. Should be all right, but we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, post all of our picks and plays on the official goalpost gambling twitter send us your questions we will read them on air once again for the next podcast we will tweet out monday night picks predictions touchdown scores all the stuff recapped and more goalpost gambling no o and post follow us on twitter anything else you want to add before we get out of here justin um merry christmas merry when all right when is it too early to say merry christmas it's never too early Merry Christmas Day. Day after Thanksgiving. No, it's fine. It's fine? It's fine. All right. As long as Thanksgiving's over, it's, it's fair game. Merry well, Christmas you know to everyone in this Merry community. Merry Christmas to the Gold Post gambling community. Uh, we'll see you uh, We'll see you at the Sportsbook, Santa's Workshop. Doesn't fucking matter anymore. We'll be there. That's right.